number one most common question I get is how I found my way into intelligence and cybersecurity. Bar none, that is the most common question I always get. So over the next few episodes, I'm gonna cover the evolution of my career. And for those of you that have been following my podcast so far, you'll note that the last one was about my bartending experience in New York City. So we're talking about a pretty substantial leap, but certainly over the next little while, I think I'll be able to explain some of that transition. And if anything, it's a testament to the fact that where you start is absolutely no indication where you're gonna end up or what the journey might look like. So this experience and what I'm gonna to share today and over the next few podcasts, hopefully will be uh, pretty inspirational for, for many of you. So the story starts in 1999 and I found myself working as a junior associate in Kuwait at an oil equipment trading agency which represented many US and European oil and power generation vendors, large companies that create equipment for um, oil extraction, oil refining, um, delivery, and, uh, and everything else associated with anything like that. And um, there's a whole story associated with how I actually got to that, but suffice it to say that, you know, that was not an exciting part of my life um, I was extremely junior. I didn't really know what I was doing at all. Again, still a common theme here where I was kind of jumping in head first into things that I didn't know quite uh, what I was doing, but learned along the way. And uh, suffice it to say, my my job was really boring. I was I was a junior. I was really responsible more or less for collecting faxes off the fax machine, organizing them, making sure they got to the right people. Every now and then maybe reviewing something and making sure something was complete. But for all intents and purposes, it was clerical, and I had absolutely no, uh, you know, pivotal reason to be there. But what the agent would do, and this is critical to the story, was they would represent these vendors in the U.S. and Europe. And again, like these vendors were again large manufacturers that needed an agent in country to sell to the customers in that country. It's a very common practice in that part of the world, in other places like in in, in Asia and other uh, regions where they have laws that the government mandates that you have to have a an agent representing you and what the agent would do among other things is assemble uh, the information and submit it to um, the buyer uh, in that in that country via what's called a tendering committee and and this is not always the case but in this case it was and really that's just simply a, a bidding uh, committee that would go and look at all the bids They'd review each bid on a specific day, very similar to government contracting here in the U.S. And the most technically sound and cost-effective bid would typically win. It's fairly simple. But the bid was submitted via a sealed envelope, uh, obviously kind of guarded for the obvious reasons that people were putting these things together and getting them over there, hopefully uh, with the intention to win. And uh, so that was just par for the course. That was day in and day out in this company. And not much really exciting happened there until one day. And it was, I don't know what day it was, but I walked in and I noticed that the management team was all huddled in, in the boardroom. The board, this, this office happened to have glass partitions. So you could kind of see through everything. Um, there's really no privacy in there. So they were clearly intent uh, on solving something. They were at the table, hammering through stuff, yelling at each other, 
And it was just, it just was really odd. I'd seen that yet. And it was sort of fascinating to me that they were up in arms about something because again, you know, the job was fairly straightforward. They just received and pushed information. They were a paper pushing company. So what could they possibly be up in arms about? Well, my boss was part of that group. And when the meeting was finished, I went and asked, Hey, you know, uh, not to be nosy, but what's going on? You know, it's probably the most energy I've seen here ever. And, um, what he shared with me was interesting. He said that a U.S. vendor that we represented had no idea if they were competitively bidding for a project and were worried that their Japanese competitor was going to undercut them dramatically. And, um, but how much of the undercutting was the question. They didn't want to go and leave money on the table, uh, nor do they want to, you know, underbid and, and lose. Right. So, um, it, or underbid and, and, or overbid, excuse me, and, and essentially lose the deal entirely. So it was this conundrum. They didn't know quite what to do. The, they really didn't have a part in it, but obviously they got a commission from the win. So they were as, uh, intimately interested in the win as, as the vendor was. And, uh, I thought, okay, well, that's interesting. And I, um, I said, well, you know, is there anything we can do? You know, is, is it, you know, there's gotta be some way to to help here, you know, weren't we, aren't we there to kind of help them figure this out and deliver the right information so that they can win. And I got a sort of, you know, sort of sigh and, oh, you, uh, you naive young guy, you don't know anything about how this works answer. And just said, look, you know, these people, meaning our vendor in the U S and the exact words were have team of analysts. <laughs> otherwise known as corporate spies, as I've learned uh, over the years for this kind of thing. And they didn't have any information. So how could we possibly help? And kind of left me with no, you know, further recourse with that conversation. So I retreated back to my office, generally unsatisfied with the answer, but what was I going to do? Right. My boss simply was like, look, we're just simply going to have to rely on our vendor. And if nothing comes from the vendor, that's that. And I sat there and I thought about it and I thought, well, you know, it'd be great if we could be sort of more useful to, to the vendor. I mean, rather than just simply being purely a, a gopher to, to run papers back and forth. And I'll never forget it. It's as clear as day. It was 1130 ish or so in the evening. I was late. I just sitting there at my desk. And I, as I mentioned, the cubicles were all glass. So I could kind of survey the office and it was a wreck. I mean, there was coffee stains all over the place and all the papers. There was ash all over the place from cigarettes. You got to bear in mind the time frame of this, of this whole thing. This is in the late nineties. Um, there were papers on the floor. There were cabinets that were open. There were doors that were open. It's literally, we were a poster child for insecurity. It was absolutely horrific. And we were harboring a very closely held secret. Our vendors bid literally the very thing that we're supposed to be that that should be guarded was in our possession and we were the this careless messy office and so it kind of dawned on me in that very moment that if we're this careless then the chances are our competitor's agent is likely just as bad so that's when the idea started to hatch and frankly my introduction and emergence into competitive intelligence was born that moment it just so happened a coworker was there late that evening as well, who I knew quite well. 
had been there for a long time was an Indian fellow who, uh, in that part of the world, there's, there's a pretty large contingent of, uh, folks from India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, uh, other parts of the middle East, Europe, um, everywhere. But each, each culture kind of has their particular group they hang out with. And he happened to know several employees working at the, uh, competitors agency. So essentially our sister organization, if you will, for the Japanese competitor. And it was like, all right, this is going to be interesting. That agency, that competitor's agency is going to have to be, there's no way they're any better. Or if they are, it can't be by much because culture is culture. You know, nobody had a care in the world about any risk or thought that there could be any loss. And so several days later, um, I ended up um, getting my coworker to get in touch with those employees at the competitive uh, agency and ask them to get us a copy of every document they could find with the logo of that competitor, which would bound to be many right now, bear in mind, it's, it was a, a shot in the dark and it was sort of like, Hey, who knows, maybe we'll get lucky. And about two weeks later, we got five completely filled three ring binders of copies of documents. I was gobsmacked. I was like, my God, this is insane. And, um, again, I remember it like it was yesterday, page 34, the very first binder, as I was flipping through the pages was the actual financial bid for that project literally had it in hand. And, um, I'll be honest with you. I didn't quite know what to do. I was, I was incredibly excited. I didn't quite know whether I broke the law or not, or if there was even a law around this kind of thing. Um, probably. And, you know, admittedly, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I knew that it was going to be a critical part of the equation for us to win. So I deliberated for a little bit, took it into my boss who frankly didn't believe me, thought I'd made it up. Finally took deeper looks at it, called in his colleagues, <laughs> got to be a whole crowd of people surrounding this one little document to where they finally realized it was real. Um, I don't know if anyone even really even asked how I got a hold of it. I'm sure it was a casual conversation of like, well, how'd you get this? And I probably said it and they didn't believe me. And, uh, it got conveyed on to the, to the vendor so they could make a call and they won. And that was the moment that I was hooked. I knew that was what I wanted to do. I thought that was the most exciting, incredible thing I'd ever done. It was, um, edgy. It was full of adrenaline. Um, and it was something that seem very logical. I mean, you're talking about millions of dollars at stake and the ability to have an edge like that was a huge thing. And so I founded a company to deliver competitive intelligence to organizations that had these types of, of issues. They needed to understand where their competitors were from a competitive landscape standpoint. And, and that's exactly what I did. And, um, bear in mind what's interesting about this. And is it as it relates to my career path over the next, you know, 20 some years and where we are today, you know, back then, uh, hiring hackers or information security professionals was not a very common practice. I did have folks that were very, very skilled, um, in, in, you know, computers and, and the ability to, to look at things from that perspective with me, but that was not the mainstay of our, of our talent pool. The majority of people that worked for my company back then were library scientists, knowledge management experts, um, other competitive intelligence professionals that understood more about social engineering than they did um, actual computer hacking. 
Um, so for those of you that um, are just emerging or in, in this space or curious about it, um, it wasn't like the movies um, or like, you know, what you would see in, in today's movies. It was much more like um, a heist movie or um, a con artist movie. <laughs> That's the type of people that were, that were part of that kind of, uh, you know, experience or, or career path then. And uh, the next three years were absolutely incredible. Um, the amount of projects we were able to undertake, the type of clients we had from big oil to big pharma um, were, were astounding. Um, the jurisdictions and environments that we found to work in to specifically cater to the ways that we were doing things had to be thought through. And uh, eventually um, I, moved to the US with it and things were going swimmingly well. And um, I couldn't believe I had found this perfect little niche of a business to be in that really, I mean, didn't really know anyone else that was doing it, quite frankly. I knew they were out there, I just never really met anyone. So it was, felt very, very blessed that I'd found something that was unique to, to me and to my team. All of that changed one fateful day over a casual beer with a friend. Uh, but that, my friends, is for the next episode. Have a great day.